And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams here today with... Hello, this is Ford Taylor. Good morning, Pat Williams. Ford Taylor Talks. What's up, Ford? All is well in my world. How about yourself? Yeah, things are good. and The world's crumbling around us, but guess what? Things are still well. You know, inside our four walls here, there's laughter, there's uh, encouragement, there's affirmation. Thank you for being part of this great team. Well, thank you, too. It's, it is fun. It's, uh, you know, sometimes we do have to be able to laugh, even in tough times. Uh, you know, one of the things we talk about is how endorphins get released. And when the whole room is laughing and enjoying one another, you actually can change the environment of the room just with a smile or a laugh. And it's interesting to watch that happen, whether it's two people or whether it's a whole room full of people. Yeah, powerful stuff. You know, when people hear about this podcast, and I get asked now, what what's it about? You know, pretty simple. We're here to help people. Yeah, if, if, if there's anything we can do to help people, I mean, that's what we're doing. I mean, there's so many podcasts out there, and a lot of them do help people. And we're not trying to get people to listen to ours over anybody else's. We're just trying to get to a place where if there's things that we can give, tools, ingredients, behaviors to help people, we want to give them access to them. Ford, you've worked with a lot of companies. You've worked with a lot of organizations, families, marriages. But I really want to talk today about the leader. And by definition, a leader is... Well, we, we say a leader is someone who's willing to lay their life down for those with whom they have influence or lead. Uh, and, and we're not talking about physically dying. We're talking about laying it down in a way that the leader can cast a vision for whoever it is they're leading, whoever they have influence with in any area uh, where they live, work, or play. And then once they cast that vision, they lay themselves down. They, they say, you know what, my job now is to serve the people that follow me by teaching, training, and equipping them so that they can be empowered to fulfill their destiny, their purpose. And then as a leader, we can let go because we've done the teaching, training, and equipping and let the people go do their role toward that common vision. So we've set the foundation. That's by definition what a leader is and really at a maximum level what's expected of them. But when you go work with companies, so many times you've shared with me, and I've been in the room a couple times with you, where the leader is really telling you everything that's wrong with their organization. <laughs> and you always get this sneaky grin on your face <laughs> because you have this sixth sense and you know that the real problem is the person sitting right across the desk from you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that no organization, and you know, PW, we talk about an organization as anytime two or more people are in relationship. And so right now we're talking about a business. That was the question uh, that no business can move beyond the constraints of its leader. And as long as the leader continues to bring their own personal constraints into an organization, that organization can't move beyond those. And we've said it on the podcast that organizational change rarely, if never, takes place prior to a personal change or a personal transformation. Has that ever proven not accurate? Uh, I've not seen it sustained. Uh, I've seen people get some stuff in their head and go use the head knowledge of what we taught them, and they'll see some success. But if that head knowledge does not come a part of their heart, if it doesn't come a part of who they be, 
which what is what we call a personal transformation. If it's not transformed into who they become, the sustainability of that, I've not seen it sustain over time. So knowing that we're not on video, so people can't see your body language or your facial expressions or your volume per se, but they will be able to hear your words. Let's role play a little bit. I'm the know-it-all leader. Uh, yes, you are. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> go ahead. No, let me affirm that. Yeah. No. Okay, go ahead. You have just sat through um, a meeting where I've told you everything wrong with my organization. I've yet to really turn the mirror around and say, man, I got some stuff to work on. What's those? I mean, that that conversation's tough. Yeah. Well, it, I don't personally find it tough for me personally. Uh, and the reason is, is, is I'm pretty much a peacemaker. Okay. And from the view of a peacemaker, I care about you. And because I care about you, I don't find it tough to help you see those blind spots that you may have. Why? Because someone did that for me. And I know that when they do that for me, they're actually helping me. Therefore, I know if I can reveal that to that leader, I'm helping them. I'm not hurting them. And if I can help them, again, why are we doing this show? We want to help people. And so from that viewpoint, when you think of it that way, it's not a tough conversation. And so let's role play. So give me something that a leader might say that's wrong with their organization, and let's role play that. So Ford, thank you for coming today. You've been awesome. Uh, I know you flew in from Texas and you've given us this time today, but I got to tell you during our conversation, I still can't get it out of my head that, you know, my people, they just, they don't seem to get it. Like they don't seem to have the effort and the, the energy and the willingness to, to do what it takes to get the job done here. I think I'm the only one doing the work here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, PW, I see that a lot in a lot of organizations. Could I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So since you said that you think that this problem exists in your people, could you help me with why you think it exists? Well, I think mainly, I mean, we start at 730, as you know, and, you know, I'm here at 7 o'clock getting stuff ready, and I think 730 is time to go to work. And when people are rolling in at 725 and 722 and they're they're getting their coffee and they're straightening up their desk and they're logging on their laptop. And man, I like, I, I just think, you know, time is money. And, you know, here we are quarter to eight, eight o'clock. Now they're getting ready to go to work. That's all, you know, that's a lot of lost time and, uh, you know, productivity. Yeah, that's true. That is a lot of lost time. And so if you've got 20 people doing that across 30 minutes, uh, you've lost a lot of productivity. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, could I ask you another question? Sure. Uh, are your people aware that you feel that way? Have you told them that when you say 7.30 that you mean at your desk, ready to start work at 7.30? Are they aware of that? Well, Ford, of course, you know, they see me in here working. You would think that they would look at the boss and say, well, man, if he's in here early and getting the job done, you know, why don't I do the same? And I may have mentioned it to a few folks, but have I ever went out there and said, hey, it's time to go to work at 7.30? You know, maybe I haven't done that yet. Okay. So one of my favorite quotes is from a man named uh, Eli, who called him Eli, Eli Goldratt. And it goes like this, tell me how you measure me and I will tell you how I behave. If you measure me in an illogical way, do not complain about illogical behavior. 
So my question for you is, who's the leader of the organization? That's me, of course. Okay. So do they know that this is what you expect, and are you measuring them according to your expectation? Well, after hearing that quote, probably not. But still, is it me? Is it my fault that they don't work, that they don't show up on time to go to work and do the work that I'm expecting? And more importantly for it, that I'm paying them to do. Yeah. So my first question is, and we'll go back to that, are they aware that you feel this way? I would say most of them are. In my in my mind, I think they are aware, yes. Would you mind if we brought a couple of them in and asked them? Yeah, so, that's a, so now we're going to go out of character for just a minute. Yeah. A, I've been in a couple of these meetings, and they don't lay down easy every time. They don't say, no, it's me. I'm sorry. I got to get better. I mean, it's they're in their head. It's the... You know, that it's the people that are, you know, working for them. Not my fault, not my fault, not my fault. Right. So would you mind if we get a couple of them and ask them? Yeah. So that, yeah. So, so let's break out of character for a minute. Right. Give us a real time example leading up to this point. So we just role played a little bit. I right. probably may have sounded like someone that you sat in front of. Right. A piece of. Right. But when the people come in, before we role play those people, or you give us a story of where those people, uh, employees have came in and sat in front of their boss. Right. Uh, is that awkward? Is it awkward for the boss? And, and wouldn't it be awkward for the employees? Wouldn't there be some fear there? It just depends on the culture that the boss has built. Now, remember when they bring me or us in, one of the things they're focused on is not just the transaction, but it's also the relationship. So they are asking us to help them with their culture. So if we brought these two people in, the first thing I would do is ask the boss in front of them, do they have your permission to speak openly and freely with no threat of repercussion? That's key. That's key. So I would ask you that. So here they are. So PW, do these two people have 100% freedom to speak with no fear of repercussion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, how do you not say yes, say yes if, well, you're, they're, they're if they really want to change? Well, they're stuck now. Yeah. I mean, they've agreed to bring them in. Yeah. They don't know I'm going to ask that question. But we have to ask that question for them to have the freedom. And we're going to find that most of the time, you're just going to find it, that the employees don't know. They truly don't know that the boss feels this way. And so they're going to walk out, and we're going to come back in the room, and I'm going to say, PW, don't feel bad. Okay, this is normal. This is what happens for us as leaders. We have, and I, me too, PW, I, I do the same thing sometimes. As a leader, in my head, I've communicated what the employees or the coworkers or my team needs to know, my children. I mean, you pick a, pick a subject, but in their head, I haven't clearly communicated my expectation level. Well, that's really good stuff. And Ford, so... Bringing the employees in would be a, a really incredible way to get feedback. Talk about feedback for just a second uh, for our listeners that maybe don't understand the value of feedback the way that we value it. Right. Well, number one, let's go back just for one moment. Uh, very seldom do you ever have to bring someone else in, okay? Because you're getting, you know, we were role-playing a hypothetical, but when we're in the room with leaders, they're giving us real situations. And typically by just asking the right questions, they'll end up at some point saying, oh my, this is me. Once they say that, boy, now the help really begins to help them see. Uh, and so let's, let's do talk about that feedback, okay? 
As you know, I believe that all feedback is relevant, even though all feedback is not necessarily true. And so if we can give the leader the feedback, that they can see the relevance of that feedback and they can absorb it, then they can ask the question is, is it true? Is that feedback true to me? Why? Because on average, all of us have 3.4 blind spots in any day of our lives. And that means a blind spot is you can see it. You can see it in me. Everybody can see it in me, but I can't see it in myself. And that's why that so much of what we talk about is love, influence, transform. I'm going to love that leader enough to tell them just maybe you have a blind spot. We all have them. And what if you have that blind spot? And what if that blind spot is keeping your organization from thriving to a level that you never imagined you could thrive? Ford, as you work with leaders or owners of companies or organizational management, uh, the blind spot always comes up. And could you share a, a personal story about a blind spot where the person just had no clue and it actually brought them to a, an, an emotional state that once you identified it and talked through it with them, it was really life-changing for them. How about I reverse that and tell you about a blind spot that I had that was life-changing for me. Uh, and it was a business partner one time. He called me on the phone and he said, could I come see you? And I said, yes, please do. And he came in the room and we talked for a minute and he said, can I give you some feedback? And I said, yes. And, and the first feedback he gave me was not all that life-changing. It helped. Later, it helped even more than on the spot. But he said, did you know that, that people in your company, and at this point, our company, did you know that they will get the job done? Even though they may not do it exactly the way you would do it, the job will still get done. And I thought, oh, that's good feedback. But it was one of those, eh, thanks. But then he gave me the second feedback. And he said to me, he said, you know, when we're in a board meeting, uh, he said, you do some things I don't think you realize you do. And we've all had a board meeting, and we've combined all of our companies together, and we all agree that we need a CEO. And we all think you're the guy, but none of us could work for you. And I just thought, wow, I've got all these employees. I've never been told that before. He said, but when we're in a board meeting and we say something, he said, these are the things you do. And he crossed his arms. Okay, and I'm crossing my arms now. You can see me do it. And he looked off into space, and he, and he, he blew his lips. And he, and, he, and he twitched, and he turned, and he said, your body language makes us feel like we're stupid. He said, and we talked about it. You don't do that to your employees. You don't do that to the managers of your companies. But boy, with us, you make us feel really stupid. And we said, we could never work for you. And PW, I cried. I looked at him. I said, I do that to you guys? He said, you do. I mean, you want to talk about a blind spot. I had no idea. Well, the very next board meeting we went, and uh, at that point, we had a venture capital company involved in our companies. And they had the chairman of the board seat, right? And so here he is, the chairman of the board. And we're just a little bit into our meeting. And, and he said, hey, would you guys mind if we take a break? And we, we all said, sure. And he said, Ford, would you come with me? And we went into an office. And, and, and I said, yeah, Randy, what's up? 
He goes, I make 95% of my decisions based on your body language and facial expressions. He said, and today, you're not telling me anything. Oh, my God. He wanted to know if I was feeling okay. Right. And I said, wow. I said, you know, I've gotten some feedback uh, that I do that. And just I'll let you know, you'll never get my opinion again that way. It will only be if you ask. And about six months later, all those guys, much older than me, been in business a lot longer. They all came to me and asked if I'd be their boss. And so what was holding the company up was something as simple as my facial expressions and my body language. When reality, who was I blaming? I was blaming all of them because our organization was profitable year, month after month after month, and they were on this big roller coaster. And I was blaming them. And when the reality, the problem was me. So Ford, as a leader, if I invite feedback, if I invite employees into my office, the feedback is all relevant. Doesn't mean it's all true, but it is all relevant. And one note that our listeners should really take from what you just said, as they're giving feedback, we have to be very aware of our body language, of our eyes, of our arms being crossed. I mean, you almost have to make yourself a little note on your paper before you bring those people in. Pay attention to the body language. So not to insult or disregard or dispatch the information that's being shared with us. No question, because if we don't do that, we don't expect to continue to get that feedback. In other words, if I say I want the feedback, but my body language shows that I don't, odds are they're not going to keep bringing it. Wow, that's that's really huge. And it now, after hearing that story, and you know, it's funny, I've heard that story several times, but what I heard this time uh, was the importance of probably the change or the transformation in, in you personally as a leader moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I cried. I, I, I was blown away. I mean, when I looked back on it, I, I laughed, you know, how could you do that and not know it? I mean, how could you be that vocal with your face and with your mouth and with your arms and your legs and not realize the damage you're doing to the people that you call friend? And so, yeah, so, so feedback is all relevant. This one happened to also be true. And the question is, what do we do with that feedback as leaders? Do we reject it or do we receive it and ask, what if it's true? And if it's true, are we willing to change it? Because if we are, we become different leaders. Ford, as we wrap this episode, um, kind of take us through, you know, this acronym of being lit and, you know, we talked about blind spots. We talked about feedback and how all feedback's relevant. Won't be the last time we talk about either of those uh, tools. Um, but as you take us out of here and we use the acronym LIT, love, influence, and transform, uh, wrapped around those, those two things, those two items, let's do that now. Okay. Well, PW, the, the hard thing about feedback is we all have a self-identity. And, and it's formed over time, and it's formed from three big things. It's all the things that have happened to us in our life. It's what we think others think about us, and it's as we compare ourselves to others. And so we have this self-identity, and once it's formed, if we get feedback that goes into that self-identity that we're in agreement with, it quickly and easily goes in. If we get feedback that's not in agreement with who we think we are, because that's what self-identity is, it's the thoughts we believe about ourselves to be true. And so if we get feedback that doesn't agree with those thoughts, our first 
uh, process that we go through is to reject it. Well, if we know that's true, and it was that little 60 seconds right there, if I know that's true, then I have to be open that all feedback's relevant because what if it is true, but it doesn't fit with my self-identity? Well, in that place, guess what? The more feedback I'm willing to take, the more blind spots I get aware of. The more blind spots that I'm willing to deal with, the more ability I have, you ready, to love and care about others. And the more that I find that I put others before myself, the more that I love them, for some reason, guess what happens to the influence? The influence goes up. Why we talk about the influence that we have to have over ourselves? Well, that means if we get feedback, that we're going to take it and we're going to change based on that feedback. Well, once we have that kind of influence, it gives us influence with those around us. And once that happens, not only do we have a personal change, a transformation, we're not the same person we were. We now have a chance to impact other people. So we call that Love, Influence, Transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.